Do you ever get the feeling that everything in America is completely fucked up? You know that feeling that the whole country is like one inch away from saying, that's it, forget it. Let's see. Hey, Twister Man, man. now look, here's a house full of bees. You think the honey badger cares? It doesn't give a shit. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Price is right. Every time. Guns don't kill people. I don't. buddy have we have we played that song before if we did uh well it deserved a second play <laughs> fair enough fair we enough. may have we've got so many episodes now i i, I don't the only way to know is just to go back and listen to every single episode because i don't save right all that stuff i don't have enough space on my computer yeah. i don't have enough space on my computer for this podcast yes by the way. I, it is I have a similar lot. stories <laughs> it is a lot of work between all of the the tracks that we record yeah all of the Instagram posts, mm-hmm. the reels that I make, the movies, all the shit. Like it's, I'm constantly just like jettisoning material out it, the back anytime door. Anytime that I'm like getting ready to prep for the podcast or like edit it or move, when we're always moving stuff around, we have what, three, four computers in here at this point is inevitably my wife will hear from this room, babe, it's, it's not working. I can't, and she comes <laughs> in here and like, oh my God. God, like, what are you doing? Like, you can't leave this stuff here. This goes here. This could be thrown away. 700 windows open at the same time. I'm just dragging my knuckles in the background. Like, I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I thought also I didn't want to say anything, but the Hive song, was that last week? Yeah, last week. Yeah. As we were playing it, I was like, I... Did we do this already? Can't remember. Well, you've been listening. Also, back, another great song. You've been listening back to all of uh, the past episodes for this gotcha moment. That I, was planned, trying, so. <laughs> I was trying. I was trying. Okay, well, you we, tell we'll, me. We'll jump right into it. But <laughs> I was going through old episodes. Is because this, this. There's so many parallels from what we're doing with this podcast. It's similar to a band. Is by the time the final yeah. product is ready, I'm like, I don't want to hear that song ever again. Yeah. Well, too bad, motherfucker. You're going on tour for a year to play that song. Right. <laughs> Oh, God forbid God. we start doing live shows. <laughs> yeah, but at least we're not rehashing old shows, yeah. live shows. Yeah, very true, very true. But um, I was trying to find something because something was just like stuck in my head. And uh, I'll show you in a second. And it might be, okay, side street. I'm also on this melatonin and magnesium mm. for sleep, which is that stuff has never worked for me before. I've always yeah. had like horrific insomnia right it's working really really well and it's this budget ass like costco brand 
And there's like memes now online, like that it the dream. I'm already a vivid dreamer. Yeah. Like crazy vivid nightmares all the time. Which once I'm awake, I, I totally enjoy. It's like that's why I probably never watch movies. I'm like I, I watch one like every night while I'm quote unquote sleeping. But <clears throat> the this thing was like stuck in my head. I'm like, did I dream that? Because that just seems like something just mundane, but kind of weird that I might have dreamt it. And so I was going through all our old podcasts. I was like, I got to find this thing because like, I have to bring it up. I didn't know how many, we had so many episodes. I was going like back and, like and six, back and 65. Back. Yeah. It's like, this, this is like 10 what o'clock this morning is I started thinking like, geez, dude, like, what are you doing with your life here? <laughs> <laughs> What's the thing that you were looking for? Okay. Do you remember we were talking about um, the Paul Pelosi story? Yes. And I had said something like, well, the guy, you know, it's, it looks pretty obvious that this guy was in the middle of a, great, a gay tryst and the cop showed up. That is one theory. Okay. And you said, you challenged me on the notion that tryst was a word. Did I? Yes. No. Yeah. You're like, did you say tryst? I was like, yeah. And you're like, I... Is that a, mm-hmm. like a pretty? Did you find and, this and, evidence and, of me saying that? I didn't. Okay. <laughs> I didn't. But we were talking about Sam Harris, so this is apropos of not much, but just one place real quick. I mean, one of the first things Elon did after taking over Twitter was tweet an article that claimed that the attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband was not at all what it seemed. It was rather a gay tryst gone wrong. So it's a word. Wait but, a second. But I don't, I don't have the evidence that you said it wasn't. Wait a second. Yes. Why is this a very uncommon word? Trist is yes. not a word people throw around. Right. Correct. Why is this word totally now just associated with Paul Pelosi? Well, I don't want to say you because... heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> but when we broke that story as breaking news, like the day that Isn't it came it out Isn't it funny that things like that happen? Like yes. it gets into the zeitgeist and exactly. everyone's saying gay tryst, gay yeah. tryst. Even Sam Harris, who doesn't believe that there was a gay tryst, uh-huh. is using the terminology. Maybe he's a fan. He, maybe. I think of he's- Of the podcast, uh, not gay tryst. Yeah. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm, I, I think I've just proven that's a word. If two people use it, it's got to be a word. But I don't want to give Sam <laughs> Harris more credit than he is due because I was just thinking about this morning because that the clip that you just played is from his latest podcast where he was talking about Twitter and how right. Um, it's a long well. We might get into it on Thursday, so just a, a little primer. He's talking about how he quit Twitter, which actually he did a previous episode about quitting Twitter right. that I listened to. And um, the guy drives me fucking crazy. I just. I will say this. He actually did quit Twitter, which most people don't do. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So, no doubt. I'll give him that one. For different reasons than most people were, were saying. And I thought his reasons were, were fine. Anyways, he was talking in that. Um, the episode, the recent one where you just pulled that clip from right. about saying, he said in a line something like, um, if I don't address this, then I'm not doing my job. And it made me think like, what? What is your job? Right. And I thought, why is this guy famous? Why do we know who he is? And why does everyone care what he thinks about mm-hmm. things? And he's basically just an author whose books got popular mm-hmm. and they were books on um atheism right right mm-hmm. 
And then his anti-Muslim religion beliefs got him into some interviews. Yeah, he basically kind of put him on the pop culture radar is when, was it Bill Maher? Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. When he uh, gave the esteemed public intellectual Ben Affleck (laughs) a little spanking on live TV. I, just, I will. I, it was actually ben when I saw calling him a racist. Yeah, that's it's that was. It was like watching those uh, those money fights that people used to fight Mike Tyson for. That's <laughs> what I felt watching Ben Affleck trying to debate Sam Harris. You're like, I just it was adorable. I guess I'll say that. But here's the thing: Why do we give Sam Harris any credit for anything? He seems kind of like a pseudo intellectual to me. Uh, I think I would, I would call him an intellectual, but I think we'll, we'll get into the, we'll do a whole episode on the podcast. Yeah. Let's do it. on, on Because when you, when you had originally sent that to me is, I think you had mentioned, it's like, it's about Elon Musk and Twitter. And I was like, I no, I can't. I'm just, I'm so sick of hearing about Elon Musk and Twitter, especially since some of my favorite podcasts have just have dedicated like weeks of content to it. I'm just like, I, I feel like I've heard everything there is to hear on this subject, and I'm not interested. I think it's just wildly overinflated. Um, but since the recommendation came from you, I'm like, all right, well, you know, because I know you don't get caught in that stuff just, just in the way that I do. Um, we get caught up in other stupid <laughs> bullshit instead. <laughs> uh, so I did listen to it, and it was really, it was pretty interesting. And there's some stuff in there that was really surprising and like strikingly confusing to me to hear. And yeah. this is something, so to go back to what you were just saying is I think when I used to just adhere a certain amount of credence to a guy like that, Oh, he's an intellectual and you know, I'm sure his ideas are sound and he's thought these through whether you agree with him or not. There were a lot of inconsistencies that I thought he brought up. Yeah. And for someone driving around on a Saturday doing errands <laughs> to listen to a intellectual going like, uh, that's not true. That's, completely bullshit like you just contradicted yourself right there yeah so yeah i I think we should uh give it a due diligence maybe do uh this week's okay yeah let's do it yeah i'd like to get into a little bit um and just kind of call it out because it's very easy to fall under the spell of thinking that someone like sam harris correct yeah should just be listened to because they are or anyone or like jordan peterson everything's 100 he's done a ton of research everything he said yeah it's like no that's, no, it's that's you, that's intellectually dishonest. Right. I mean, whether they're on your side or not, like you should not take anything as wholesale, wholesale yeah. believable. All right. Well, we'll get into that. So Trist is should a thing. Okay. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> good for you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> when he, I was driving and he said that, I was like, I almost wrecked. <laughs> I, was like, I, I was like, I knew that was a word. Good morning. Yep, for a little bit of a uh, breaking news. Oh yeah. <laughs> So we always say that as skeptical of we are, as that we are about the mainstream media complex is just as you don't wholesale believe or not believe, you know, a public intellectual just because they may or may not align with your ideology. 
Um, I try to do the same thing with mainstream media. Check this out. Like Positive Sean always said, news comes with homework. Yeah, exactly. This is from the Washington Post, December 21st. So we're a little late to the game, but I thought we should you know, give them kind of accolades for nailing this breaking news. Okay. Listen to this. Regular exercise protects against fatal COVID, a new study shows. Uh-huh. Huh? Wow. Uh-huh. The study found that exercise in almost any amount reduced people's risk for a severe coronavirus infection. Really? Yeah. So men you and women say- who work out at least 30 minutes a day about four times more likely to survive COVID-19 than inactive people. God, if only we had known that yeah. back in 2020. Or not gotten kicked off the internet for stating that two years ago. <laughs> yeah, or get canceled and have Stephen Colbert making fun of you on his show, <laughs> as he did with Joe Rogan. <sighs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> I see this stuff, I'm like, who is this for? Seriously. Like, who needs this as a headline? God. It is, Yeah. It's kind of mind-numbing. So I had an interesting... So I think we had talked about this a couple of times where I listened, I got into the habit of listening to NPR every morning uh-huh. to go to work. And just to... To punish yourself? <laughs> well, just to, I guess, like balance the ether in my mind. You know what I mean? Like what's... I want to know what like everyone's talking about. Yeah, Not totally. just... You know, that's why I like listening to Sam Harris sometimes. Yeah, just listen to my four like favorite podcasts over and over. It's like well, I need to hear like what some of the other perspective is. And you and I, a long time ago, we used to listen to at work the pledge uh, drive, <laughs> the pledge drive specifically, action packed. Yeah, that's why I have that hand crank radio flashlight. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, we used to listen to uh, Amy Goodman and Democracy mm-hmm. Now. Yep, yep, and this was. 15, geez, 20 years ago, 15 years ago. Yeah. And the reason why, and I loved Amy Goodman back in the day. And the Me reason too. why I loved her is her, she was pretty staunchly anti-war, yeah. her anti-war stance. And she brought legitimate information. I thought she built, brought a good perspective. And at that time, it aligned with my beliefs because we were in the middle of the illegal Iraq invasion. Mm-hmm. And I was still like, I can't believe that we're still over there fighting this war. I can't believe we went in and I've just never had a lot. And that was like my red pill moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I really started paying attention to like politics and power structures. I don't think you could go back to that era <laughs> and find anything that Amy Goodman or Juan Gonzalez said about uh, those wars in that time. Right. And poke holes in it yeah i think pretty much everything that they reported on um was spot on even down to the surge i remember them talking about the surge in iraq and the the details around that and why it it was not as effective as they they said right i'd love to hear someone like scott horton comment on that too but i I think they did a really good job yeah um, finding out the truth about yeah absolutely yeah for sure and we always discuss the notions of, I don't know, as clumsy as the terms right versus left is, and I've had, you know, my friends are still on the left, like, I can't believe, like, you basically left the left. I was like, left kind of left me. It was mutual. It was mutual. It was a a secession, if you will. (laughs) Peaceful divorce. They were, she was doing a report on the Ukraine, and everything was predicated upon the notion. Wait, this is when? 
Uh, day before yesterday. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, Friday. Amy Goodman. Amy Goodman. Okay. Friday. So this is last Friday. So this would be, I don't know, December. Were you listening 20th. on the radio or? Yes. How did you find this? I got one of those hand, you hit crank it by hand. hand crank radio? Yeah. Oh, interesting. That's how I stay in shape. <laughs> <laughs> I know it was three hours long. You know? yeah, your right arm is huge. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they were, they're, you know, they're all in on, you know, bringing the news about the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And everything was done upon the premise that it was a just war that we're supposed to be over. I with. know. And I couldn't, I was like listening to it, like, this is so wild to me. Yes. Like, she has been staunchly anti war her whole life, but for some reason, there has been this giant turn, this 180 yes. from the cultural left that, like, no, this war is okay. Like, we're supposed to be over there poking the world's second largest, largest nuclear superpower in the chest. I mean, we're, we're, basically engage in a proxy war with Russia right now. And it's like that, it is, it's not hyperbolic to say, like we're flirting with the idea of a World War III at this point. And to listen to Amy Goodman discuss this and report it as in, yeah, that's, this is, it's the right thing to do. You know, sending weapons and, you know, uh, discussing the possibility of sending troops over to Ukraine. And it was, it was mind blowing to me. That's so disappointing. It just makes you think about, like you go back to that time when you were, all right, Amy Goodman is one of us. We're on the same team. Exactly. We're anti-war. And then it turns out, oh, wait, we're only anti the wrong wars. Right. If it's the right war, then we're for it. It kind of reminds me of what you learn about the Vietnam War yeah. and how everybody was kind of pro the mm-hmm. war in Vietnam. There weren't students protesting until they increased the draft window for college students include college students yeah and then they were like this war is unjust Mm -hmm. so they went from that segment of ukraine and her next segment was about u.s prisons and overcrowding in prisons and this segment was um specifically about rikers island and they're talking about that 19 people have died in rikers island this year okay just another side street Statistics. Did they die from Rikers Island or with Rikers Island? Funny you should ask, my friend, because this is the... We should write a children's book on how to read the news. This is the exact statistic. Um, This particular segment focused on Rikers Island, and they were reporting that 19 people have died either in custody or soon after they were released. And could you go back? (laughs) You just say after they were released? Yeah. Soon after they were released. Did they die from the food poisoning they got (laughs) while they were in Rikers Island? Okay, fine, I'll give it to you if that was if that was the case. I'd listen, I'm like, oh my God, dude, stuff like this drives me insane. Like you can't just flip you're you're undermining I don't know, if you're paying attention at all, you're undermining your own credibility for your segment with, with dubious statistics like that. Like you have a valid point. The conditions at Rikers Island and all the U.S. prisons are deplorable, and they need to be improved. I was like, but when you put in a statistic like that, you know what I mean? Or, you know, in and still in you know in the middle of your like overall narrative that you're making this point, and you bring up some bullshit phenomenon like booster age. It's like no one's <laughs> gonna believe the rest of the fucking podcast. That's the point. <laughs> I just want to sit back on my couch and believe everything you tell me. Could you just do that for me? Do I have to do research on everything I hear? Jesus Christ. I have had some people in the wild go like, dude, the whole booster rage thing. (laughs) Where did you find that? Is that that legit? (laughs) So it made me think as I'm listening to this is I agreed with, there was a segment 
Amy Goodman, Democracy Now, it was like back in the old days. I agreed with everything she said. It's like, yeah, the, the, the conditions in our U.S. Present, uh, prisons are deplorable. Uh, the overcrowding is a problem. I think it's bullshit that we, you know, incarcerate nonviolent drug offenders, for example. Sure. And she was hitting on all the stuff. And I'm like, I agree with everything that she's saying here. Mm-hmm. I was like, and it made me think, because we talk about the notion that Trump broke people's brains. Yeah. I started thinking about the things that have changed on different like political sides, you know, and and specifically the left for this discussion is that so many of their stances, the things that changed, I feel were like reactionary to this thing, right? That whatever Trump or, you know, the mega Republicans would say is like, well, of course we're like a complete 180 from that. Yeah. And I started thinking about, I was like, I wonder like, what would it take you know, here she's she's talking about prison conditions, and you know I think the the prison system is deplorable. It's it's abhorrent and it's barbaric, and it's like would it take someone like Tucker Carlson to to deliver this same segment, and the left would be like, oh what, like you want to flood the streets with criminals, and all of a sudden the left would be pro prison all of a sudden. Yeah, I think it would have to be Trump, not Tucker Carlson. I don't think. Yeah, he's hated as much as Trump is hated. But it's funny that you bring that up because I was, I turned on the TV the other day to to watch Tucker and see what he had said the night before. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't been tuning in because I'm not like a Fox watching guy. I don't, but I tune it. I record it every once in a while so I can just tune in when nothing else right. is going on. I flipped on um, <clears throat> Tucker and... Tucker was not the host. Mm-hmm. Do you know who the host was? Um, Alex Jones. <laughs> <laughs> Tulsi Gabbard. Really? And I, I, I gathered from what she said that she had been hosting, well, because the, she played an interview from right. a day earlier, two days earlier, and she was the host then too. So I think maybe she was the host for the whole week. Uh-huh. It was kind of cool. Yeah, it's a New Year's B team. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, no slide against Tulsi Gabbard. She's <laughs> or B teams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They, she was talking about, um, that guy, uh, you know who George Santos is? Yes. Uh, he's just recently won office somewhere. Yeah. Okay. okay. In New York. I know, I know the name. House, House Representatives, yeah. New York's third district or whatever. Right. And turns out he was just fucking lying about yeah. everything. Yes. <laughs> That's what I said. I mean, the number of lies and the level that they, it was down to like his, his he never went to he said he went to NYU he never went to NYU he said he went to Goldman worked at Goldman Sachs he never worked at Goldman Sachs I mean it was just like one thing after another it was like it pretty much I think everything he ever said was a total lie so how much how much of this stuff do you think I mean I you know I don't want to take a controversial stance here but those things are pretty easily provable or disprovable am I am I wrong here I know that's what I'm just, thinking I like, just see so many we'll get to some of this stuff later but I just feel like it doesn't even matter anymore. It's this weird, we talk about the notion of like, we need you to not believe your own eyes. And, and politicians can just come out and like, yeah, this thing, I just, it's not true at all. And then the next day it's like, ah, it turns out it's not true. And everyone just shrugs like, well, you know, what are you going to okay, do? Okay. So if I was going to ask you, what is the, you know, when you hear the, the word politician, mm-hmm. you know, what is the one thing that, that you think of that all politicians kind of share? Uh, sniper rifle? No. Um, <laughs> in Minecraft. In Minecraft, of course. No, it's what I, they're all liars. Yes. 
right? Yeah. It, it, the, the two words are almost synonymous. Yeah. Politician, you just think like slimy yeah. liar. Right. Right. And if someone is in politics I mean, it, it, and is not like, let's say Ron Paul, for mm-hmm. example, is in politics and uh, is not that. It's a pejorative. You hear people say, yeah, that guy's basically a politician. Right. It's like, yeah, well, you just. So Ron Paul, for example, is not a liar. Mm-hmm. I bet you he never told a single lie the entire time mm-hmm. he was in office. Yeah. And the word politician kind of doesn't fit for Ron Paul. Yeah. You know, I, I even though going. he yeah. is yeah, yeah. a, by, by, by many definitions. Like, so what's the image that pops in your mind? I think politician, you go like, yeah. Like, just, just like a slime Gavin, Gavin Newsom. Yeah. <laughs> just a slick talker. Totally. He does that thing with his thumb. You know, <laughs> the points thumb in. points. Yeah, yeah. So uh, anyways, what was cool is that Tulsi had an interview with George Santos and she fucking called him out on everything. And here in an interview. Yes. Nice. So he's a Republican. Uh-huh. She's hosting a show on Fox, Tucker's show, which is watched by Republicans. Right. But Tucker is not like most Republicans. Yeah. I personally think that Tucker is after the truth. I don't know if he gets there all the time. And you could definitely convince me that he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that he has problems, issues, whatever. Mm-hmm. I think that his show stands out and people like his show more than any other show on television, on news, on the news, mm-hmm. because he goes after the truth. I think that that is um, his goal. Mm-hmm. Again, you could argue with whether he gets there or not, and I'd be open to listening to you, what you had to say. But in this interview, and I, I didn't label it in my uh, file here, so I'm only 50% sure this is the right <laughs> clip. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and play it right now. It's going to be the Hive song again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see here. Good evening, everyone. Aloha, yes. and welcome to a special edition of Tucker Carlson tonight. Production. I'm Tulsi Gabbard, and I'm standing in for Tucker. Now, George Santos was elected back in November to represent New York's third congressional district, which includes parts of the North Shore of Long Island and Queens. Now, during the campaign, Santos made numerous claims about his biography that he now acknowledges were false. For example, Santos claimed that he attended Baruch College and NYU. But neither school has record of his attendance. Santos also (laughs) lied about his work history, as well as making several false claims about his personal life. He said he was a quote-unquote proud Jew, only to backtrack and say he was (laughs) Jew-ish. Santos also claimed that his mother died on 9-11. Quote, 9-11 claimed my mother's life, he wrote. Oh, boy. But a few months later on Twitter, Santos wrote that his mother had died in 2016. Did I say 9-11? I meant 7-11. He spoke directly to Santos to try to Wait, better Tower understand seven fall. Side of the story. Here's part of our conversation. My question is, do you have no shame? You have no shame in the people who are now you're asking to trust you to go and be their voice for them, their families, and their kids in Washington? Tulsi, I can say the same thing about the Democrats and, and the party. Look at Joe Biden. Joe Biden's been lying to the American people. For That's not years. what she He's asked you, dude. <laughs> Democrats resoundly support him. Do they have no shame? This, Look, this I've is, made this very this clear. Is not, this I is made, not about the Democratic Party, though. This Bad is girl, about Tulsi. your relationship, no, frankly, with the people who've entrusted you this. to go and, and fight for them. A lie is not an embellishment oh, yeah, on a resume. You said you worked at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup. 
but they've said, we've got no record of this guy working for us. You've said you've gone to and graduated from these universities, but they've said, well, we've got no record. We can debate my my resume and how I worked with <laughs> firms such as Goldman Is it City debatable Group, or is it just false? <laughs> no, is it's it debatable? Tulsi's bringing it. I, I no. like that. No, it's not false Listen. at all. It's it's debatable. I can I can sit down and explain to you what you can do in private equity, in in capital intro, via servicing limited partners and general partners, and we can have this discussion that's going to go way above the American people's head. You just kind of highlighted, I think, my concern, the concern that people at home have. You're saying that this discussion will go way above the heads of the American people, basically insulting their intelligence. Congressman Alex Santos, we, we've given you a lot of time. I think the time that is owed is to the people of New York's third. Uh, it's hard to imagine how they could possibly trust your explanations when you're not really even willing to admit the depth of your deception. I love that. That was good. I could tell you more about my employment at uh, Goldman Sachs. It didn't actually happen, but it would go way above uh, the American <laughs> people's heads. It, you morons wouldn't understand it. So I'm just going to gloss right over that. Look, we can sit here and play the blame game <laughs> all day and night. Are you just going to spit uh, psychological media, mumbo, jumbo? media mumbo jumbo at me all day? <laughs> uh, well done, Tulsi. That was badass. Isn't that cool? Everything that she said was like would pop into my head. He goes, well, you know, we could sit here and debate. It's like, no, 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 no. There's no debate here. Yeah. She asked you if you worked at that place. Meanwhile, on the other side of the media spectrum, um, mainstream media spectrum, I should say, nobody on MSNBC, CNN, you know, gave the same benefit of the doubt to this story. Everyone just doubled down and said, oh, this is what you get with a MAGA Republican. And this is why MAGA is destroying the country. Huh. Totally ignoring all of what, kind of what he was saying, all of the lies that, right. that their side tells all the time. Mm -hmm. And this segment was really interesting. And I would actually encourage people to go back and watch it. It was either Wednesday or Thursday last week. She spends a lot of time talking about honesty mm -hmm. and how... Why are we accepting this standard that's being given to us of dishonesty? Mm -hmm. You and I think of politician, and everyone that's listening to this, here's the word politician. You think of a slimy, lying Dishonest. scumbag. Right. Right? Why is that the standard? How come we have accepted that in our world as that's that's who we have making decisions for us? We we vote. We cast a vote for them. We, we basically... Um, uh, justify their existence by yeah. saying that we we accept you we acknowledge you even though you're a lying scumbag yeah because of this lesser of two evils thing that we're always served even though there are other options like the libertarian party who runs a candidate in almost every election mm -hmm. you know i mean maybe they're politicians too but i'm just saying like we there are other options out there right and her this whole segment was really good it was like we should not be accepting dishonesty mm-hmm from our leaders, from our politicians, from social media companies, from large corporations who just gaslight all of us and tell us that it's raining when they're actually pissing on our heads. <laughs> right? Tucker, shit, how do you fill in? <laughs> <laughs> so are, let, let me go back to what you're just saying there for a second, though. What, were there any, did she propose, I'm interested in the idea of why do we accept that? Why, and why do you think it's very obvious to me, and I would say probably most people, that 
politics is embedded in a culture of just lies and corruption? Is it just so systemically kind of embroiled and intertwined with itself that we just, that, well, that's the system, that's what it is. It's too big. It's, it's, it's too big of an entity to reform or do anything about it, and it's too powerful. And so do you think people just give up? I think that people aren't as privy to information as we are. Mm -hmm. And when they hear no, a lie... they are. <laughs> they just don't take it in. We're, maybe, we're, we're geeks about this stuff. We're, we're well, we nerds. do the homework. Yeah. You know? And my analogy of it, them pissing on your head and tell you, telling you it's raining, mm -hmm. there's something to that. Like, Absolutely. Because there is someone telling you that it's raining. Yeah. It's not just you outside with water, you know, a liquid hitting you in the, a warm yellow liquid hitting you in the head. It, there's also somebody there telling you that it's raining. And so we're telling people, the media is telling people that it's raining. Politicians are telling people that it's raining. Mm -hmm. And it's easier. It's kind of like you were saying with, with uh, Amy Goodman. Like, can't I just sit back on the couch and have you tell me the truth? Like, why do right. I have to do this research? I thought I trusted you. I thought you were going to... And it's, it's heartbreaking and it's difficult and it takes work to actually get the truth out of people. Yeah. And we're accustomed to just trusting the New York Times. I mean, you still hear it today. Right. Like that fucker Sam Harris was just saying, it's not like it's a reputable uh, organization like the New York Times coming up with this information. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? How can you let those words come out of your mouth and not just crack up laughing? Well, you're bringing up something that this is what popped in my head when you played that, that clip and you're talking about why, why, why do we just accept this, right? And what I think a lot of it has to do is just the pure tribalism. It's like, well, no, that's my side. And I need to be dug in. I'm not going to peel back the onion on my side. Like that's that's like that's not how tribalism works. Yeah. And when in fact it's the opposite. And I thought that's well, what that's was, confirmation bias. Yes. And this is what was powerful about that that Tulsi interview with George Santos. It's like if you if you are on a chosen side, I'm on the right or I'm on the left. You need to ha you need to hold those people to an even higher standard. Because people like George Santos, he's on the right. And if you're on the right, you're going like, you're fucking this up for everyone. Like, you're giving us such a bad name. I don't think so. You don't think so? I think they're like, well, that's all of the Republicans. No, I'm saying that's, that's why people don't do it. That's, that's, that's this kind of avoidance of like, no, I'm not paying attention to that. I'm not, you know, I'm hearing obvious lies come out of Gavin Newsom's mouth, but he's my guy. I'm a Democrat. Like, Correct. I would, I would never, you know, point that out. And that's exactly what's happening. Yeah. Like, Republicans Correct. are telling him... Or saying the same thing he was saying, like, yeah. well, yeah, it's bad, but it's not as bad as the Democrats. And it's like, <laughs> that's not the fucking point here. Yeah. And it's, there's another thing happening, and they, they have magic that they can use against people, and that is media mm -hmm. and social media, mm -hmm. you know, television. We've talked about it numerous times that if you show people something on TV, they're likely to believe it. I mean, how many oh, yeah. videos have you seen of the most miraculous? Do you remember that video? Where the guy is on, a, um, they build this ski jump, and the guy is in like a, a little sled, and he, he goes down the ski jump, and it's like this monstrous, like he's like on the top of a mountain. He gets on mm -hmm. this this ramp that they built, and he slides down, and launches off the bottom, mm -hmm. and lands in like a kiddie pool, <laughs> and it's like everyone just runs up, like, oh my god, he did it! It's like the first time I saw that, I was like, holy shit. 
That's amazing. It probably took like 10 times watching that before I was like, okay, that clearly is impossible. <laughs> that did not happen. But your brain sees something and it just makes it, it's why magicians are able to saw people in half and right. the crowd still goes, oh my God. You know, like uh -huh. you see it and you believe it. Seeing is believing. It's really hard to, to break that. Yeah. And I think the that, news capitalizes on that. Like, no, excuse me. Like no one else does. I think I just threw up my mouth because of the, how disgusting <laughs> these lies are. <laughs> the, I think what you are alluding to is the idea of just, if you repeat a lie enough times, it just becomes the truth, which is basically politics 101. Yeah. Or if you put enough production value behind I think, it. I think that was coined by Hillary Clinton, actually. Did you hear about, I know I totally derailed what you were Pokemon talking about. Go to the pole. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Did you hear about uh, the cop in Tavares, Florida, who OD'd from touching fentanyl? Uh, I think I saw a headline about that. So I, do, do I see, I feel like I see so much fentanyl <laughs> headlines. All right, so check this out. Footage of an officer who is now doing okay as a warning about how dangerous fentanyl can be. You can't see the video, but she's laying on the ground. Said officer Courtney Bannock found drugs on a passenger during a traffic stop Monday night. She says she just barely opened it, saw that it was, you know, narcotics, closed it quickly. Sullivan said Bannock wore gloves as she always did. The officers agreed to test the substance back at the department, trying to avoid exposure because it was windy. Next thing you know, you know, she was trying to key up on the radio and you could hear in the radio traffic almost like she was choking. It just wants to sound weird. Sullivan oh said God. the officers found Bannock in and out of consciousness. They got Bannock out of the car and ran to get the emergency medication Narcan. A small window to get to the hospital and to get the care that you need. Okay. She died? No. Okay. She's fine because she didn't actually overdose. It was a hoax. Oh, really? Yeah. So I can't find the article now, but who I came across this article because I've, I saw something about this hoax. And it turns out it is almost impossible to overdose. I was going to say, it's like, I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, I know fentanyl is basically the devil's drug and it's, yeah. it is killing a lot of people. I was like, I didn't know that just being exposed to it like that could kill you. You cannot, you can't, by touching it. Mm -hmm. And she was wearing rubber gloves. Mm -hmm. You uh, you can't be you can't ingest it through your skin. Okay, you can do it through a patch, like a fentanyl patch that they make, but that's a kind of a different thing. I just I just use those to unwind after work. Yeah, <laughs> well, as long as you're getting it from a doctor. Um, so I can't give you any more fentanyl patches until you get vaccinated. I'm sorry. <laughs> there is a uh, exactly there is a, a reason article that kind of breaks us down but what's um, what's the hoax i mean I, I understand what the hoax is as you just explained it but what's the what's what are they trying to achieve who did this hoax and what are they what's what's the narrative they're trying to execute here well do you understand what i'm asking yeah okay so the Tavares police department i'm reading from the article on reason.com right now the Tavares police department is very clear that it's releasing the body camera footage for the purpose of scaring people about fentanyl so they, Officer Bannock really wants others to take away that this drug is dangerous. Tavares Detective County Sullivan told WESH. 
It's dangerous for not only yourself, but others around you. Something as simple as the wind could expose you, and just like that, your life could end. So they made a propaganda campaign, (coughs) basically, like an 80s-esque, you know, yeah, scaring kids you know, just and to say no. They're not the only ones. Let me finish this and then I'll tell you more. This just isn't true. Add it. This is uh, not quoting the police department any- anymore. This is back to the article. This just isn't true. Add it to the pile of many, many examples of police attempting to convince the public that any possible exposure to fentanyl may be deadly. It does not simply pass through the skin when you touch it. As for the claim that the officer might have inhaled it, a study from the American College of Medical Toxicology and American Academy of clinical toxicology calculated that a person would have to stand next to a massive amount of fentanyl for two and a half hours to feel its effects. That is, that is so profoundly stupidly dangerous to do. Stand Not, next to a pile. Of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But what, what's your point? What, what are you saying? <laughs> I mean, who control themselves for that long? Anyways, if you are trying to assert yourself as the entity of information, and authority, and you lie by lying to people. By lying to people, it's the same thing of when calling Fauci out. Like you, we have these emails that you said that masks don't work. He's like, well, yeah, I knew they didn't work, but I had to give the public impression that they did. What they're saying is, you, you, you dummies, you plebes can't be left to make your own decisions. Yeah, like, and so I have to lie to you every once in a while. It's a virtuous lie because it, 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 it puts out the narrative that we know. That's the best thing for you. I mean, that's but the- and uh, yeah, people and some people buy it. But people, you know, when we see these things, when I saw like the Fauci thing, I'm like, okay, I'm done listening to. You. Yeah, you could tell me that it is raining outside. <laughs> and I'm not going to believe you. <laughs> you could tell me you're pissing on my head. I'm still not going to believe you. <laughs> no, nope, that's rain. So uh, rain. It, this happened recently in San Diego County. Exact same thing, where. They have body cam footage of a cop faking his overdose from touching fentanyl. Um, so Martinez, you know what you, county? You know what's stupid? No. Well, I can give you several things. Where do you want to start? Give, yeah, me, you, give yeah. me a subject. <laughs> Go ahead. They. We talk about if an idea is good, it doesn't need the PR campaign. It doesn't need the propaganda. It definitely doesn't need to be lied about. Fentanyl is a deadly drug, and it's, it's at an epidemic level in the U.S. Don't lie to us about it. Like, give people the actual facts. That is, that is so stupid. Right. And so it just goes back to what Tulsi was saying. Like, yeah. why is it that we accept that as part of being ruled over mm-hmm. by these quote-unquote democratically elected officials, we also have to accept that they are lying to us? Mm-hmm. If you're voting for someone who's lying to you, are you actually voting for them or are you voting for some false notion of them? Yeah. And that's why, contrary to what Sam Harris believes, the Hunter Biden laptop story was actually very significant. That is a good point to bring that back around because Sam, Sam Harris, and we'll get there next week, but with Sam, the things that Sam Harris has said with the, you know, spit, you know, having you know, media controlling, you know, an election, for example, and their censorship of the Hunter Biden laptop. That's what drove me nuts. I don't want to get too much into it. When you sent me that podcast, he is the epitome of that. It's like, no, we can't just give people all the information. It could just get off the rails. Like that's, that's too dangerous. What we need to do is censor it, throttle it, give them this, give them that, sit on it, maybe get rid of it altogether. Cause we know 
at the end of the day, like you're proposing that someone else should be in control of that information. Right. That's ridiculous. When what they're really doing almost all the time Mm -hmm. is giving you some version of the truth. Yeah. Which more often than not is a lie. Right. So you might as well just let people have all of all of the shit and weed through it yourself. You know, be less susceptible to untruths that way or something. I don't know. But it's obviously, the obvious answer is not to lie to people intentionally to give them the narrative that you see fit. So, yeah, yeah, I'm tempted to go into that, but we we really should save it. Hold on a sec. I'm going to get me um, a beer. Careful with that fire water there, Pocahontas. (laughs) (laughs) Because stuff can get out of control. Damn, dude. <laughs> that was a good joke. <laughs> Zero fat on that joke, buddy. Uh, so I kind of derailed you from <laughs> whatever you were talking about. I apologize. Um, is, well, what I guess I was getting at, we, we kind of, well, no, we, we kind of stuck on talk, topic a little bit, but it just, it made me think that what else from me supposedly supposedly leaving the left and it's like well i still hold the same positions like anti-war right i've been anti-censorship and freedom of speech it's like you can't say that about the left anymore there's Mm -hmm. definitely that's you definitely couldn't say that about the right in the 80s back in the day yeah back in the day which is why i hated like the religious right you know banning albums banning comedy banning movies you know, censoring speech. Mm-hmm. And it's it's amazing how so many of these issues have like flip-flopped. It's bizarre to think about. And so I, I always think of that as I was listening to the, 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 the segment on prison reform on Democracy Now! I was like, well, it's like how many of these are left that I still like align with someone like Amy Goodman on Democracy Now!, I was like, is, you know, what's it going to take for this one to, you know, it, it's on a trajectory. These things just slowly flip-flop to the other side. And I was like, this is like one of the last ones. And it made me think like, what would it really take for this to jump to the other side all of a sudden? And what I came up with is, yeah, well, easily if Trump came out and said, let's, let's just, let's just open up the, you know, the prison, nonviolent drone offenders, just let them out. You know what I mean? Because if, if I heard someone say that, I'd be like, Absolutely. Like, I would vote for that guy, Democrat, Republican, like, whatever it is. Now, he did and actually he, go there. I mean, he made an attempt to reform the prison system. He signed that, right? What was the, yeah. the thing? The thing that he, the bill that he signed that, um, God, I sound like such an idiot right now. Uninformed. <laughs> 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 that prison reform shit that he signed. And, well, I was also thinking about the, so... Anti-war, that's gone. Free speech, that's gone. Censorship, that's gone. Bodily autonomy, that's pretty much gone. I mean, within the last two years, with the call for like vaccine mandates. Mm-hmm. But if Donald Trump tells us I should t- that we should take it, I'm not taking it. That's, yep. Yeah. When I remember hearing that, because we had no thoughts about like the vaccine. None of us did. We didn't sit around and have discussions about it. Like who was, you know, I mean, none of us are anti-vax. Well, at the time that the vaccine came out, we were all pretty sure that we would be fine if we got COVID. Yeah. And so when you hear people say, well, God, so many people died though. If only, if it wasn't for all this anti-vax nonsense, we probably could have saved more lives. It's like, 
I no. The average age of death was older than the average age of an American. And I mean, that th- just doesn't. This is this is, cu- this is cutting edge, but just do some act- keep your cardio up, exercise. Eat well, that, good, they just they just found out. That yeah, that well, was, that that turned out to be true. Yeah, last week. <laughs> so I find it funny you brought that up because I want to talk about something that we brought up a few podcasts ago, and we talked about the notion of hate speech, and we were talking about during the whole, you know, th- this week's panic is Elon Musk, or this month's last month's was Kanye West, and Kanye West was on his. Uh, Widely publicized anti-Semitism tour. Yeah, <laughs> his gimp tour. And, <laughs> man, that's that's a disturbing optic. <laughs> um, and what we had talked about is like what is that we saw the mainstream media complex was seriously like doubling down on this notion of hate speech, and at the same time, the Department of Homeland Security was coming out saying like, uh, we kind of have an authority. We're going to see a major attack, like a domestic extremist attack probably targeting the Jewish community. And, and during that time, this was last month on the podcast we talked about, it's ominous that this guy, you know, on this anti-Semite <laughs> tour is getting all this publicity, right? Everyone's picking it up, everyone's talking about it. It's, it's what's on Twitter and the news channels and everything. At the same time, the Department of Homeland Security is talking about like, Probably a coincidence, but exactly what he's saying, we're going to see a, a domestic extremist attack, you know, along those lines. And then we talked about the notion of the false flag event. It's like, you know what, when, you know, the Department of Homeland Security or the FBI or the CIA, when they magically predict something, or, you know, when they say like, here's what might happen, and then it happens, you're like, <sighs> like, come on, like, what, what's the track record? It, it seems to happen like every single time. There's this magical prediction. You know, we had the Department of Homeland Security basically predicted the January 6th, the great meandering, as we call it, or the mm-hmm. insurrection. And we've, we've theorized about how the state, the media, the cathedral, as we call it, and it's for all you blue-pilled minions that follow the stuff and believe it, we're attempting to take the idea of hate, hate speech out of the abstract and attach it to some horrific domestic event. And so once they can do that, this is kind of recapping the podcast we did, is what they want is hate speech laws. And, and once they have hate speech laws, which is such an abstract concept, is you can go like, uh, that thing, it's basically, it's stuff we don't like at that point. And once you can connect it to some kind of horrific event, you can go like, okay, so now all this political dissidence that we don't like and this anti-vax talk and you talking about climate change and you know you making fun of the president shitting his pants in the Vatican, which did happen. It's like, that's hate speech. And then once we have this law in place, we can throttle people, censor them, and even put them in jail. And if you think I'm being hyperbolic, this is happening in the UK, in New Zealand, Australia, the Netherlands, and Germany. These things are actually happening. Now, they don't have the First Amendment like we do, but many people see, they're calling that, you know, you always see the calls for the, the Constitution to be you rooted out or revamped or gotten rid of altogether. And the first one, it's always the first and second amendment. So what we're talking about now pertains to the first amendment. I don't forget the third. And the third? Quarter- quartering troops. Quartering troops. <laughs> That's a hot button. So this was basically, there was a foreshadowing of this because none of this is like, you know, 
all the stuff is planned well in advance. And I think when we talked about Biden kicking off his administration by saying the greatest threat to America right now is are the MAGA Republicans and domestic extremism. Mm-hmm. And we talked about like, I admitted it went over my head. I'm like, what a weird thing to say. Like, it seems like we got some a lot worse problems than that. And now two years down the road, we're seeing like, oh dude, he was basically what we call positioning assets. He's, he's greasing the tracks. Like, this is what we're working on. And they have been full force, like trying to get this off the ground since then. Yeah. And I think what this and is going to do before then. Yeah. And before I would say, I mean, the yeah. FBI, I think was working on that same side, even while Trump was in office. Mm-hmm. So as we, once we make the connection to, as I was saying, hate speech is simply things we don't like. And now that it has legitimate, tangible legal consequences, and then they can apply that to all the things I was talking about before, you know, uh, they can apply it to gun control, to climate change, to just any speech that they don't like. Because it's, as I was saying before, it's such an abstract concept. There's no like specific delineation, right? This yeah, is what hate speech is. There isn't a, def- a good definition of it. Yeah. And what they're, what ultimately what they're doing is to make the connection to go back to the Kanye West thing, or I think what they're also trying to do with like the January 6th trial. I mean, there's still people, not even a trial, there's still people sitting in solitary confinement for walking into a federal building. Right. No trial, no legal, legal representation, no contact with their family. They basically have subverted the Constitution to make a point. Sixth Amendment. Sixth Amendment. Nice. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Mike, could you look that up for us? Oh, he's not here. Damn it. And what the, basically the overarching theme is your speech is killing people, right? You not take you poking fun of Greta Thunberg, for example. Well, climate change is killing people. We can, you know, we, we can give you some loosely affiliated facts that climate change is killing people. I dare you. <laughs> yeah, not, not me. Try. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then we're going to hold you personally responsible for these deaths under the guise of hate speech. Yeah. Um, you, you're being pro having a pro two a social media account. And then there's a school shooting. Like we're going to hold you responsible for that. Like your speech incited the violence, you know, what you said about whatever specific event, this fucking deranged maniac does something horrific, you know, that people have such a volatile, like an emotional response to, which they should, as we all should, Mm -hmm. but we can turn that around and reframe it into legal consequences and start blaming people and doxing them, deplatforming them, censoring them and ultimately like jailing them. So do you know who Peter Hotez is? No. Okay. You probably recognize this. Peter Hotez. His name sounds familiar. Yeah. His, he's, he's this month's Anthony Fauci. As Anthony Fauci slides back into that hedge, like that Simpsons meme. (laughs) Just can you, uh, I'm going to exit stage left here real quick. Uh, This is starting to get a little hot under the collar for me. (laughs) (laughs) Peter uh, Hotez is basically the new kind of pandemic rock star. I guess he'd be be making all the rounds, MSNBC, CNN. And... um, He's, 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 a, he's a pediatrician. Uh, he has a background in virology, blah, 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 blah. And uh, He's a carpenter. He's got a background in uh, beer drinking and uh, just talking shit at the bar. Yeah. He's waiting for Zuber. He's on his third DUI. And yeah, yeah I guess <laughs> he came upon hard times. So I'm going to play a clip. And it's going to... There's a reason why I'm playing this, and we'll get there in a second. But this is he was on Joe Rogan. 
you take care of your immune system in other ways? Oh, I heard this. Do you this. take probiotics? Are you cautious about your diet? Um, no. I'm not as cautious about my diet as I should be. I'm a junk foodaholic, uh, actually. Well, that seems like a terrible thing for your it, health. It, it is a terrible thing for my health and something my wife is uh, working on. But that seems basis. ridiculous for someone who works with health. Yeah. Yeah. What's Somet- going on with you, man? Sometimes, man, I just don't Sometimes. get it right. <laughs> How often? What? How often? How often do I steal a bag of chips or something like that? How often like do you that? eat garbage? Uh, I don't day? know. No, no, hopefully not every day. But you know, hopefully so, not every day. Yeah, maybe a couple of times a week. Oh, know. that's like, what with Rachel, my uh, my daughter with autism. That's like our thing is to go to the uh, it's called the burger joint or to um, Shake Shack to get mm-hmm. a to get a cheeseburger. We'll sneak, sneak some fries. So. Mm. So you live in large, we call it. Like that mouth pleasure so much, you're willing to sacrifice a little bit. Of I health. am, yeah. I, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I can, I have to concede that's the case. Well, there's, uh, I mean, I don't have to tell you, but there's a, a large body of data that connects poor diet to a host of diseases. Mm-hmm. That seems like a t- crazy decision for a guy in your line of work. There you go. Sometimes the. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes the it's not all brain. It's uh, it, it's something else. But I mean, if you ate healthy food, I mean, you, the thing is, your body starts craving healthy food. You start feeling yeah, no, no question, results. no question about it. Do you take vitamins? I don't take vitamins. Really? Yeah. I don't wow. Think, I don't think they do. I don't think they're needed because most in the, Ameri- in the American what? in the American hold up, hold up, hold up. You don't think they're needed while you're eating junk food? Well, you think- ho- hopefully, I'm not only eating junk food. Yeah, right? but you know, there's a large body of clinical mm-hmm. research on the efficacy of vitamins, mm-hmm. especially vitamins D, vitamins. I, I have B, taken so- vitamin D for periods, for and the periods. recommendation of my internist. Yeah. And, yeah. What about essential fatty acids, which mm-hmm. are great for your brain? Fish oil. Uh, All these different things that are fantastic. Uh, I'm, for I'm not going ar- to. I'm not going to argue with you. What you is got, going you, on with you, you, you doctor? Got, you got it. Hand, you got, on, you got it over me. Yeah. You got to yeah. sw- listen. But it would. You would have a much better argument. Don't you're, you think? You're, you're making my wife stay here. If so. you're taking care of yourself, hundred yeah. percent instead of but you just still need. But you still need your vaccines. I'm sure you do. <laughs> but vaccines aren't going to prevent cancer. <laughs> no, that's true. Right. That's and true. You, there's oh, a lot of diseases or diabetes or cardiovascular disease. Did I say vaccines? Diseases are connected direct okay. i just want to plug the vaccines one more time <laughs> why do people go on to joe rogan and not expect to be totally exposed <laughs> i'll tell you why because we are all accustomed to these people in power lying to us mm-hmm. and they're accustomed to the people to whom they're lying just accepting it and rolling over and going with it right they don't even though they know that on a podcast, you're going to be asked real questions. It's not like going on Morning Joe right? or The View. right? You're going to be asked real shit. And they still just think like, no, we're just going to get away yeah, with just being the view's our- pretty cutting edge. <laughs> That's true. They really hold some feet to the fire, don't they? <laughs> I just, it's because of this, this thing that Tulsi was talking about, this dishonesty that's just permeated all of our, our public... Uh, can you say public relationships, which you're not, you don't really have a relationship with these people, but you kind of do. Yeah. Like your money is stolen from you and given to them to mm-hmm. pay for their position in life. Mm-hmm. And they in turn lie to you and we just all accept it. So this guy thinks he's going to go on Joe Rogan and just not be made fun of for yeah. being a total fucking fraud. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of used to his, uh, you know, his, his new kind of, well, ironically, healthcare <laughs> rock star status. 
he's used to being pampered on all the usual mainstream chucklehead. Oh, I get to go on Joe Rogan. Sweet. Everyone loves Joe Rogan. (laughs) I'm going to be so cool. So, so a couple of things. I mean, let's just address the, the low hanging fruit right off the bat is, um, this guy is a fat fucking slob. Yeah, he's a fat fuck. <laughs> if you look up Peter Lotez, and I'm not saying that to make fun of someone that's not healthy. Why not? Um, but if, aren't you? Well, yeah. Okay. Okay. But I'm only bringing that up because it's not you, like he's crippled. Yeah, you are. You are dishing out health advice. So yeah. it, you know, this guy reminds me as my first construction job. I worked for this contractor who was constantly giving me advice about women. I was like 23. Mm. It's like, well, you know, girls this, and you should say it, and blah, blah, blah. Motherfucker, you've been single for 30 years. Like, why would I listen to you? <laughs> exactly. I've never, ever seen you with, uh, with a woman before. Like, totally. stop with the advice, all right? God, yeah, if this guy was, like, shredded, he was just sitting there with his shirt off and, like, just full six-pack and everything, like, yeah. okay. If this was a liver king, okay. Exactly. <laughs> all ears. Or Paul Salatino. All right, steroids, got it. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just inject it in the butt. Okay. In the butt? Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> which, um, which one? All, all of them. Okay. <laughs> all the butts? No, all the steroids. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> he, so, okay. So just to get the obvious stuff out of the way is that this guy is basically there. Uh, Ryan Christensen from The Last American Vagabond put it best. He's like, you're not a health professional. You're a pharmaceutical salesman. He's like, that's what you are stop pretending that you're, you're a health professional is you. Totally. Okay. So you, the leading, hence hence throwing in, don't forget your vaccines. (laughs) Yeah. Do you know what the leading cause of death is in the The way he like, like shoehorned the vaccine comment in in there just makes you think like he must've had like a quota. Yeah. It's like, it's like like, you have to say vaccine at least once while you're on the show. Yeah. We have three minutes of like, I'm a, I'm fucking gross. Get your vaccines. <laughs> like he slides it in there. And, and Joe Rogan's like, it's not going to prevent you from getting cancer, you idiot. <laughs> so do you well, know? That's true. That's true. Do you know how many people, you know what the leading cause of death in the U.S. is? Heart disease. Heart disease. So uh, roughly three quarters of a million people. So right, it's just under 700,000 is usually the average of heart disease. Nothing comes close. Cancer comes a little bit close. So here you are. We have the biggest killer. That insurance executive that we had on the show mm-hmm. quoted 500,000 deaths from the vaccine. Extra. I know. Extra deaths. I know. Yeah. That's holding a candle to heart disease. Yes. It's coming close. I think that's just under cancer. Cancer is number two, I think, at 500-something thousand. Wow. Yeah. Sorry. COVID is at 300,000-something. This is 2020. So it's probably a lot lower now. And even that statistic is extremely dubious because they don't parse out people that died with COVID, people that died from COVID. This is pretty easily attainable knowledge at this point. Um, If you don't believe that, I don't know why you're making this far into this podcast anyway. But here you are, you're ignoring your most likely way to die, like flaunting it, right? You eat fucking garbage. Yeah. Like you are treating your body like garbage. You don't exercise and you eat garbage, you eat chemicals, and not real food. That's what's going to kill you. And you're ignoring that. That's inconvenient for you. And we're supposed to ignore that and listen to your health advice? That is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. The easiest one-step approach anyone can take to their health. Exactly. Is just to watch what you eat and exercise. And exercise. Yeah. 
which we now we know as of last week we know to exercise yeah thank god the thank washington post thank you washington post discovered that for us <laughs> So here's why I'm bringing this up. I'm, no, I'm not bringing this up just because this guy's a fat slob and a hypocrite is that this guy is, and this is how we tie it back into hate speech and even false flag events. Peter Hotez uh, published this article um, in, on nature.com. It was picked up all over the place. It's called COVID vaccines, time to confront anti-vax aggression. Halting the spread of the coronavirus will require a high-level counteroffensive against new destructive forces. Now, as you go through this article, this, this is on nature.com, but type in Peter Hotez and anti-vax aggression. You will find this article all over the place. Is that he is making the open call and the direct connection to anti-vax. Your opinion is now called activism, according to this article. And your activism is terrorism. And he, when we talk about like the hate speech laws, using to finding a way that we can prosecute people for having the wrong opinion, this guy is saying it out loud. Just this is an article that he wrote? Yes. Yes. When was it published? This was published uh, April 27th, 2021. And he's written, there's videos, he's on MSNBC. So this CNN. is before he became, he got the position that he's in now? He's always kind of been in this position, but he's kind of okay. been pushed into the limelight just lately. I'm sure him being pushed into the limelight has nothing to do with his position right. on domestic terrorism. Yeah. So just to give you a quick background, nearly 1 billion COVID-19 vaccine doses have been delivered in less than six months. But anti-vaccine disinformation and targeted attacks on scientists, I'd like that explained, Wow, are undermining progress. These threats must be confronted directly, and the authority and expertise of the health community alone aren't enough to do this. No, we need cops with guns. Now, pay attention. We need IRS agents with guns. You're joking. <laughs> <laughs> he is not, and he is saying what you are saying. Of course. The bad guys are winning, in part because health agencies either underestimate or deny the reach of anti-science forces and are ill-equipped to counter it. Investigations by the U.S. State Department and the U.K. Foreign Office have described how Russian intelligence organizations seek to discredit Western COVID-19 vaccines. <laughs> One campaign implies that it could turn people into monkeys. Okay, if I could just stop us for a second. Um, whoever's running that campaign... Uh, I'd love to sit and have a beer with you. <laughs> Probably one of the more interesting people I'll ever run into. Uh, also, can we put that in the hopper for a future podcast? Absolutely. <laughs> Dude, you think booster rage is bad. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do you see what happens when you get turned into a fucking monkey? Dude, what are you talking about? You're not reading the fucking science on this stuff? Now, this is something the other tour guides will tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so as you read through this article is he basically starts out talking about the dangers of the anti-vax rhetoric and then he slowly morphs the, the as i was saying before the language from he turns it's all how you lose use language and we talk about this all the time is he starts to conflate the notion of opinion with activism for example and he takes like, mm -hmm. okay, this activism. So remember we were talking about through, uh, a couple of episodes ago and, and we're it was when we were talking about the SPARS pandemic paper 
Mm-hmm. And in their hypothetical, because my favorite quotes here, their hypothetical scenario, they talked about the galvanized tribalism of the anti-vax and the vax, which is an extremely clumsy way to parse those two things out. But just for the subject of that discussion, they talked about that the basically the symbiotic vitriol going back and forth between those two groups. And we pointed out on that podcast, I'm like, I need to put a caveat on this supposedly hypothetical situation because that vitriol, as far to my knowledge, and I'd love if anyone has an uh, explanation uh, to the contrary, I'd love to hear it. But I've never, that is a one-way street. That is a, a, a flowing river going one way. That mm-hmm. aggression is going towards anyone who decided to take the, not to take the vaccine. I've never met anyone yeah. or have I myself ever given someone a heart. Like, dude, if you want no. to take the vaccine, that's, that's your choice. And you and I are about as extreme as they come. Yes. And, and I'm not in the business of telling someone else what to do or nope. not do with their I've body. never said anything to anyone about yeah. their vaccine status. Except, so, oh, you're not vaccinated? Right on, bro. <laughs> Big high five. <laughs> you ain't no monkey. <laughs> are you? I <laughs> Dude, you heard about Kelly's kidneys, right? <laughs> Does it look like he's growing a tail? <laughs> <laughs> so the world, back to the article, the World Health Organization recognized vaccine hesitancy as a top threat to global health before the pandemic. As COVID-19 vaccines moved through development, the public health communities anticipated considerable vaccine hesitancy. Now, I can see that like vaccine hesitancy, as they call it, is definitely on the uptick. And that is, I think, due primarily, like, why would that be? Can you think of any reason? Like, the amount of people that you know personally who may, who maybe took the first round of shots, and then they go, like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done after that. And you know what I mean? I, I just got COVID for the third time. Um, you know, we've done too many podcasts about this at this point, but it just, I've known two people that had strokes, two people that had heart attacks. I'm just, I'm just a little dubious about this whole thing understandably skeptical. I think a lot of people walked out their front doors and looked around to walk out the front door and saw what was going on. Yeah. I also think our podcast came out uh, about (laughs) one year ago today and a lot of people have been listening and it may have had an effect. So back to the article, the United States hosts the world's largest and best organized anti-vaccine groups. Uh, according to the London-based Center for Counterfeiting, Countering Digital Hate. Counterfeiting Digital Hate. <laughs> That's us. Ah. They're countering digital hate. These are inf- influential groups, not a spontaneous grassroots movement. Now, here's a, where they start to tie everything together. Many far-right extremist groups that spread false information about last year's U.S. presidential election are also doing the same about vaccines. They're just tying this all together. It's going to be hate speech and domestic extremism, and now vaccine hesitancy. It's a narrative that has infiltrated almost every aspect, every major issue in our culture. And this guy, this shit pile, like almost morbidly obese health professional, is he knows exactly what he's doing with his paper, and he's well aware of this narrative and what they are trying to achieve, what the cathedral is trying to achieve here is to demonize people that made a personal, autonomous medical decision about themselves and to put them in the category of a domestic extremist. Yeah. And in this article, he's saying, that's now that I have that established, these people are more dangerous than actual terrorists. 
Like this, this is these yeah. people are causing more deaths than terrorism. Sam Harris echoed the same. That's right. Sentiment recently. He absolutely did. Effort must expand into the realm of cybersecurity, law enforcement, public education, and international relations. A high-level interagency task force reporting to the UN Secretary, Secretary General could assess, assess the full impact of va- anti-vaccine aggression and propose tough, balanced measures. There it is. Well, he's, he's making a call to global entities like the WHO and the UN to crack down with law enforcement to shut these people down. Yeah. These people who happen to be right, by the way, when they were questioning mm-hmm. everything that the CDC and the NHS were telling us when COVID first came out, and then in hindsight happened to be right. Mm-hmm. What you want to do is crack down on them and consider them domestic terrorists before the next pandemic starts. Right. Because you can't be talking about COVID, right? No. No, it'll this be is, serious. This is preparation 2025. For, yeah, exactly. The the catastrophic contagion. Sears and Roebuck. Here's the here's the last part of his article. The task should include experts who have tackled complex global threats such as terrorism, cyber attacks, and nuclear armament because anti-science is now approaching similar levels of peril. It is becoming wow. increasingly clear that advancing immunization requires a counteroffensive. He's calling uh, yeah. on a militarization against people who don't want to take this vaccine, which doesn't do anything. What is more closely akin to a nuclear terrorist attack? Us questioning what the CDC and NIH are telling us about a disease that's actually not as dangerous as they would have us believe, Mm -hmm. or the people in power shaming us for not having a, a Ukrainian flag in our bio while they poke the most prolific nuclear power in the world. Yes. Which one is more likely to end in nuclear holocaust? And as, and as far as this ass clown is, is concerned, here are the simple facts, right? Is COVID has a survivability rate of 99.97%, right? If you catch it. 700,000 people roughly die a year from heart disease. This guy is the walking model of heart disease, right? He's junk food, doesn't exercise, is almost morbidly obese. And here he is. He's the poster child for dying, what you're, you're most likely going to die from. And here he is. He wants a, here's the fact. He wants a militarization of global organizations to crack down on the people not taking this vaccine from which they have almost statistically no chance of dying from. Those are the facts. Yeah. Well, before we go, uh, I just want to mention everybody that we have a Patreon page. If you want to support the show, honestly, the number one thing you can do to support us is to tell your friends to listen to the show. If you think that we're worth listening to, then maybe your friends will like it too. Also, leaving a review is very helpful, especially on Apple, uh, but on uh, on uh, on any whatever you listen to. What's the one? What's the green one? that everyone has on their phone? Spotify. Spotify. Thank you. Um, (laughs) Spotify, dad. (laughs) The way that you do it on Spotify is uh, you hit the little, the three buttons, the little hamburger thing on the side, and uh, it'll it'll take you there to, while you're listening to the show, hit those three buttons, and then you can go and rate the show. So we would really appreciate that. But whatever you listen on, please spread the word and leave us a review. So if you want to give us some money, this is how you do it. Go to Patreon. 
go to the Liberty Tree Social Club on Patreon. For $3 a month, you can become a trucker. I think I chose trucker for the title of this category because of when I created the Patreon page, the Canadian truckers the freedom convoy. were a thing. Yeah, the freedom convoy was a thing. But I love it. I think become a trucker for $3 a month, you can rest assured that you are given Matt and myself one beer <laughs> per month <laughs> to keep this podcast going, and we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, the second level is the Uncle Ted level. What you get with Uncle Ted is also, and this is $5 a month, you're also buying us one beer, but we're also going to send you some stickers. All right? If you're feeling generous and you want to give us 10 bucks a month, you can be part of the Rooftop Club. This is inspired by the Rooftop Koreans and the 92 riots in LA. We're going to send you a, a t-shirt. You get the stickers and you get to buy us beer. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry. I'm trying to quit smoking. It's Long COVID. Finally, if you really want to just hit it out of the park and give us a hundred bucks a month, <laughs> we're going to give you two t-shirts, a dog tag for your pup, a Liberty tree dog tag, the stickers, an autograph photograph of me and Matt in our underwear. And did we talk about this? Uh, I didn't, I mention this to you. Nah, nah. This really, yeah. I thought you signed off on this. All right. All right. And we're going to invite you to our yearly barbecue. So whether you're in the area or not, hop on a plane and come see us and, uh, please support us any way that you can, whether it's just telling your friends about the show or leaving us a review on the app that you're listening to, or by going to Patreon and actually sending us some money. Be greatly appreciated, and I promise you the money will be put to great use. And I also want to make a note that when we started this podcast, it just started out as something of us just constant. We've been the things we talk about here. We've been talking about for ten years <laughs> straight. And we decided like, wouldn't it be nice just to have a kind of record of this? It was more of just to satisfy our own ego, egos more than anything. And then we just eventually started taking things more seriously and it's grown and grown. And lately the numbers have gone up to an extent that it's almost a little scary. <laughs> like that, who are all these people that are listening, but yeah. we are very flattered and we are Feds. very, yes, exactly. We are, uh, we are flattered and we have an immense amount of gratitude for those of you that take the time out to listen to our inane bullshit Indeed. and we come up with off the top of our heads. But, uh, yes. Yeah. Please tell a friend and question everything always and rest assured that with whatever happens next, that we will be in good hands eventually. So I'll say this. The president has been very clear, you know, as you know, the president has been very clear, very clear, very, very clear. We need more money to plan for the second pandemic. He's been very clear. There's going to be another pandemic. The president is doing what the president is. Your, the president is. That's why I and so damn many other people I grew up have cancer. These are items that the president has been very clear on. End of quote. Repeat the line. And so the president has been very clear. The president has been very clear. I was in the foot. Him, uh, foot, foot. Excuse me. The president's been very clear. Like, 
a billion, 200 million. 737,730. Very, very clear. All you got to do is look what is being played on, played the, 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 this morning. Look, the president has been very clear. But is he going to specify exactly? No, but he has. The best way to get something done, if you, if you hold near and dear to you, that you uh, um, like to be able to... Me gusta cantar el son, mariachi me acompaña cuando canto mi canción. Me gusta tomar mis copas, aguardiente es lo mejor. También el tequila blanco con su sal le da sabor. Ay, 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 mi amor. Ay, mi morena de mi corazón. Me gusta tocar guitarra, me gusta cantar el sol El mariachi me acompaña cuando canto mi canción Me gusta tomar mis copas, aguardientes lo mejor También el tequila blanco